judged for talking to myself. So there's that. But I didn't want to miss the week. I really wanted to jump in and talk about money. We've been talking a lot about just kind of the idea of demystifying money. And I wanted to give you just kind of a rundown on why I felt that that was important. Um, Obviously, you know, on the show, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about family and you all heard especially if you've been listening from the beginning, you've heard all my story of all the things, right? And, you know, this season, I really wanted to kind of break down some of the things that I learned from all the crazy crap that I went through. And if you want to hear that whole story, you know, when you get done with this episode, feel free to go back to, you know, the very beginning and you will hear me bear it all, it all, literally it all, like everything. Um, no holds bar. And, you know, that was an amazing time for me. Um, terrifying time. It was not amazing. Like, oh, it was not, trust me, I was not excited to tell all of my things. But it was freeing because it was the first time in my life that I decided that I didn't really care what anybody thought about any of it. I was going to get it off my chest. I was going to talk about it. I you know, um, even with some of the stuff that went on in my marriage and stuff, I decided that it was going to be all out in the open and, you know, was going to be part of my healing. I've used this podcast as a means of healing, which sounds crazy. And um, if you've you know heard me speak at all with the, about the podcast, I call myself an accidental podcaster. And, you know, even though we're now in season five, we're in season, no, we're in season six, season six, see, I can't even keep count, we're now in season six, I, you know, I, I still kind of consider myself an accidental podcaster, that's what I am, um, but I'm not sorry for it, this, this has been an amazing journey, I've met so many amazing people, and, you know, it's kind of brought everything t- together, um, even though, you know, I've had my businesses longer than I've had my podcast, it's been something that's kind of funneled it all together where I've realized that this idea of keeping everything so separate all the time, not only was it driving me freaking insane, but it was just, it was crazy, right? It was, it was, you know, it was something that I told myself I needed to do. And in reality, I didn't. And, you know, even though I started to kind of come out of that shell a little bit when I started you know, speaking a little bit on um, just about Successfully Chaotic. I only did two speaking engagements and that was titled Successfully Chaotic before the podcast, but it wasn't really, I really hadn't come all the way out of my shell on it yet to really embrace what that truly meant. And, you know, it's kind of funny looking back now, it's 
like anything else we learn in life, we get to a certain point in time where, you know, we learn something and then we look back and we're like, wow, how did I not see that? I mean, it's so plain, right? But, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's the reason that for season six, I really wanted to kind of dig into some of the things that I did well, right? Some of the things that I had to learn to get myself to the point that I'm at now to where I'm able to, you know, dream businesses into life, you know, because I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, I did not have some Ivy League education. I, you know, have literally done every job under the sun, bartended, waitressed, you know, um, I worked for marketing companies. I've, you know, I've done a little of everything. Um, And doing so, you know, I've learned a lot of skills along the way. But, you know, when you think of a lot of people that, that own several businesses, you don't think of me. You don't think of people that are like me. And I think it's super important to talk about this kind of thing because, you know, when when you talk about money, a lot of people, you know, expect somebody that's a financial advisor or somebody that, you know, was born into wealth and, you know, all these things to talk about money. But I didn't, I was not born into money. I had no money. And early on in my adulthood, I also had no money. And, you know, even as I started to get older, I, you know, was married and had children and our finances were joint. You know, they were together like a lot of people's are. And even as I worked, you know, I would take any money that I made and it would go into kind of the family joint account and, you know, to help pay bills. And, you know, my husband would work and also help pay bills, but he would also take some of his money that he earned to put it into retirement and investments and all that kind of stuff. And, I never did that early on. Um, I honestly didn't even think to do that because we were a family up until we split up. And like a lot of women, that was the moment that I realized kind of what I had done. You know, I was, you know, not super old, but I was not super young either. I was in my um, late, almost 40. I was almost 40 at the time. And, you know, I had got to the point that I was going to be left with, with nothing. I had, I had nothing that was in just my name, nothing that I had solely put into everything was a joint account. And, you know, that was very um, much a, I guess you would say a big smack (laughs) of reality right in the face. You know, I'm a two by four in the head type of a gal. So it was in that moment that I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? And I really started looking into, well, how do I remedy this? Because, you know, me and my husband ended up, long story, if you, again, if you listen back, you can hear the whole thing. I'm not going to go into that today. But we ended up getting back together um, after a, a lot of, you know, counseling and therapies and all the things. But, you know, my money goals are different. My money considerations are different. My money plans are different. And it's not a bad thing. I, it's something that I should have done the entire time, but I was, I, I never learned that. It was never something that was introduced to me. I was raised in a very traditional household that my dad worked, my mom stayed home and mom would, you know, manage, you know, the checking accounts and such. And dad made the money and, you know, yada, yada, like a lot of households. And so, 
you know, whenever I got married, even though I, I did, you know, work some, and even after I, you know, um, started with my own business, everything went into the, the joint accounts, everything went together. And I didn't ever think to do it differently. It didn't even cross my mind. So, you know, when we decided to kind of get back, you know, together, my, my plan was that I was going to do, you know, it a little different. We were still going to have our joint household accounts that both of us would put into that took care of the household, you know, children's needs, etc. We would also have our own personal accounts that would go toward things that we wanted needed, um, that would go towards our own investments and um, savings, etc. And for us, that's worked out better. It's for me, it is a security blanket of sorts because I am in control of my own finances, my own financial future. And I am a firm believer that everybody should be. Everybody should be. Everybody. Uh, and that doesn't mean I don't trust my husband. Uh, that doesn't mean that I think we're going to split up again. That doesn't mean lots of things. You know, that, that means that I am putting my own air mask on, right? So, you know, when you're on the airplane, they tell you that if you get in a crash, you know, you put your own oxygen mask on first. Well, that's the money version of that, right? I have to put my own oxygen mask on first because if I can't take care of myself, if I can't, you know, tend to my own needs on things, then I can't take care of my children. I can't take care of, you know, my employees. I can't take care of all the things that I need to do. So, you know, that is one of those things that was a must for me. And it's something that, again, looking back, it's like, well, duh. <laughs> and I'm sure if you're listening right now and it's something that you already knew a long time ago where well, you're like, well, yeah, crazy lady. Why wouldn't you have done that from the beginning? And I would say that to me, too, because it sounds kind of silly. Right. But I'm doing it now. So that is a win in my book. And if you're like me and you have not started, you know, putting your own, you know, financial plans together. I strongly, strongly, strongly suggest you do so. Um, we do have a free Facebook group um, that you're more than welcome to join. It's new, um, brand new. So there's not a lot of people on there at the moment. So we're a very intimate group, but it's called the Female Guide to Financial Freedom. And you're more than welcome to join us there. Um, we're going to be sharing some things in there. And, you know, we're real people talking about real things. So you don't have to worry about it being some glossed over, you know, diamond studded group. I mean, if you like that, that's great. I'm sure there's some of those out, of the, out there, but this is a real group for real women. Okay. So, all right. So what we're going to talk about though today is I really kind of wanted to get into money as a whole, right? If you didn't grow up with a lot of money, you probably had to learn things the hard way like I did. So I am not a financial advisor and I am not an accountant and I am not a bookkeeper. You do not want me to do any of those things for you. Trust me. I suck at those things. But one thing I can tell you is I have been able to make a lot of money um, and be able to find ways to be resourceful when some of those money streams dry up. And I think those are some important skills to have, uh, especially in this economy, right? Economy is kind of crazy right now. Um, but it, you know, it's something that 
I didn't even realize was a, I guess, a skill for a long time. But when when you have a, a, a lot of resources, right, you have a lot of money, you tend to spend a lot of resources. You spend a lot of money, right? And, you know, it goes back to um, Parkinson's law. So I don't know if you've heard of the Parkinson's law or not, but it's that it's a theory that um, typically it has to do with like like time management and stuff, but it can go with pretty much anything. But um, it was it was first coined by uh, Cyril uh, Parkinson, and he wrote he wrote an essay in like I don't know the 1950s or something. But that um, you know if you have more time at your disposal, that the project tends to kind of grow in scope, right? So what he was meaning by that is that the work expands to fill the time that you allow for its completion. Now think back if you went to college and if you didn't, if you went to high school, whatever, if you were given an essay to write and your teacher or professor said, all right, well, you have you know seven days to get this completed and turned in. Chances are for most of us out there, how long is it going to take us? Seven days. <laughs> it's going to take us seven days. It doesn't mean we're going to work on it the entire seven days, right? But it's going to take us seven days. And, you know, the funny thing about that is, is, you know, you think about even, you know, with work tasks or whatever, you tend to, you know, a lot, a amount of time, you will fill that amount of time, you know, with that task. And that's the reason that, you know, when you're talking about money, we do the same thing. If think about, and, and I've, Trust me, I've thought long and hard about this just because, you know, I've had times where I've, you know, made like I can remember when I had this one job back um, years ago that I was making great money. And I can't even tell you what I did with that money. Like, I, I can't even I can't even tell you what I did with that money um, because I, I did the same things that I was doing when I was making less money and, you know, pretty well the same thing that I'm doing now. and. You know, it's funny that you tend to spend whatever you make. So, like, if you have a job, you get a job, and, you know, you're making $50,000 a year. You're making $50,000 a year. Unless you're the type of person that's already very financially savvy and you got a great savings thing going, investment thing going, most people, they're going to spend what a year? $50,000 a year, possibly more if you're using credit cards and not paying them off, et cetera. Right. So what happens? You get that raise that next year and all of a sudden you're making $60,000 a year. How much do you think you're going to spend that year? Probably $60,000 a year. And the reason this is a popular theory and you can Google it, it's called Parkinson's law, Parkinson's theory it, is that it tends to happen. And the only way to kind of I guess, manage that is to put these parameters in place. And, you know, I think it's one of those things that, you know, our, our grandparents probably said to, I know, I know my grandpa used to say it to me, you know, to spend less than you earn, you know, and he used to say a penny saved is a penny earned. And really now it's like more than a penny earned, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that seems to have been forgotten. And I think it's really important to think about that because, 
you know, if you're somebody that's trying to figure out how to, you know, put into retirement or somebody that's looking to, you know, start savings or buy a new car or buy a house or whatever, you know, to be able to do those things, you need to be able to minimize your spending, maximize your earnings and be able to make those plans to be able to put those that money into those those buckets, right? So I think that, you know, for a lot of us, that can be kind of hard to do, but it needs to be something that we all think about. And I know, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I haven't been saving for retirement for many, 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 many years. I should have been saving for retirement now for over 20 years. And I have not because I was putting into, you know, failing units. So to be able to catch up, you know, my plans are kind of kind of hefty now. Uh, you know, my savings is, you know, probably going to be bigger than yours if you're 20. You know, my um, investments that I'm putting into retirement is going to be bigger than yours if you're 20. And that's okay. And I think, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm not a financial advisor. You're welcome for that. But, you know, I think it's important to kind of note that fact that financial advisors are super amazing at being able to look to see what you need to do to be able to set those parameters. Remember we were talking about we need to set the parameters to avoid all the parties and all things. Yeah. So a financial advisor will be able to tell you, hey, you know, if you're making $60,000 a year, you know, your monthly bills are X amount of dollars. Your retirement goals are, you know, X amount of dollars and you have X amount of years to be able to put into that. Here's what you need to be saving a week by weekly, monthly, you know, whatever to be able to reach those goals. And it's important to be able to utilize those people to help you reach those goals, help you set those parameters. It's just as important to have a great, you know, accountant, a CPA. I use a CPA to do my taxes to be able to kind of keep me in line, not only with my personal taxes, but all my business taxes and a bookkeeper. Bookkeepers are like amazing too. Um, and some, you know, accountants also do the bookkeeping. Um, but, you know, that, that especially if you have a business, that's going to help you keep everything streamlined. Um, I can't remember what episode it was, but I told my horror story about, you know, my first year um, trying to keep my own books. And I'm using that term loosely because I was pretty much like trying, pretty much just keeping a checkbook. I thought that was like my books, right? I was so proud when I went in. I'm like, I've been keeping my own books and I give it to my accountant who just kind of looked at him and looked at me and he goes, what is this? <laughs> and um, again, it's another one of those things that you look back now and you're like, oh, yeah, that's not one of my best moments that I've ever had. But, you know, I digress. I've had a lot of those moments. And, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, part of growth and expanding is figuring out the things that you didn't know. And there's been a lot of things, a lot of things that I did not know. That, I, that now I know. And there's a lot of things that I don't know that I am still learning. And I think that's the beauty of it, though, is, you know, being able to get to a place where you're open to absorb all the things that the universe has to offer you, all the things that the people that you meet in your life have to offer you, all the little nuggets of wisdom that you're able to glean from, you know, situations, from podcasts, from 
I love listening to podcasts and I love, you know, I was watching a, um, oh, Stacey Price. Uh, she sent it earlier. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was on Rick Roll. And it was a um, woman that was just talking about spirituality and, you know, how everything's connected. And, you know, the whole time I'm sitting there just thinking about, you know, just just my life in general and how everything feels like it has just come full circle. And I'm to the point now that, you know, I look back at how I grew up and I look back at some of my early adulthood life and, you know, a lot of the traumas and the struggles and the uphill battles. And I just felt like I tried so hard and I just never could quite make it right I, it, it was like if you can close your eyes for a minute and just imagine you know you're you're just climbing this the, the biggest mountain you can imagine, I don't know Mount Everest you're you're climbing Mount Everest and you get almost to the top like like it's right there like you you're, you're right there at the top and you're reaching to just touch the tip and whew, you fall tumble down Mount Everest right well I felt like I I hit that point I don't even know how many times and I would get right to the top. I could smell it. I could taste it. I could feel it. I was so exhausted and yet so invigorated at the thought that I had made it. You know, I was almost like, well, you know how they tell you not to count your hit chickens before they hatch, right? And I was counting them. I already counted them, named them, dressed them, you know, all the things. And then I'd crash and burn. And more times than I could count, that was my experience. And I can remember for a long time just thinking how unfair it was that I worked so hard and because I, I, only I know how much I worked, right? I only know, only I know how hard I tried and how I, I didn't sleep and how I just, I wanted to just make it. Just, I just wanted to make it. And I don't even know what that means. What is what does make it? I just want to make it mean. I have no clue, right? So, you know, <laughs> the idea that I didn't make it seems kind of silly now because I don't even know what I was trying to make happen because, you know, there's a, a lot of things that I've been able to experience and achieve that a lot of other people have, you know, said, oh my gosh, how are you able to do that? You know, and I didn't even notice that it was I guess a great thing. I mean, I guess I did, but I kind of didn't, you know how it goes. I, I, it wasn't something I was like, Oh my gosh, Mount Everest, I made it. Right. So it wasn't one of those things, but it took me a while to figure out that all of those times that I was struggling and dragging myself to the top only to tumble back down. Those were the moments that was building me stronger. And not only was it building me stronger, but that was the universe. That was God. That was spirit. That was my way of being taught, told and taught that that mountain that I thought I had to climb, that Mount Everest, that wasn't my mountain, right? That wasn't where I was supposed to be. That wasn't what was meant for me. That wasn't what was going to make me happy. That, And, you know, I think that there's a lot of us out there that have these ideas of the things that are going to make us happy. And, you know, maybe you've achieved some of them. I know there's some things that I achieved um, that I got there and I was like, eh, not that great. And 
there's some things that I've still got planned to achieve, but, you know, I think all in all, the, the goal for anything that you do should be to make you happy, to fulfill your purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is, I, I really, really, really suggest you kind of sit with that for a little bit because that's, that's a, that could be a daunting question. It's one of those things, I can't even remember what movie it's from, but there's a movie that says it's it's so easy yet it's so hard. And I think that's, it's, it is one of those, I think it's one of those things that it, it is, it's so easy, but it's so hard. My purpose, you know, that's a big ask. What is my purpose? My, my reason, right? My why. And I know a lot of us are like, oh, my why is my kids and my family. And, and that's great. Those are, trust me, those are some of my whys too. But, you know, your purpose in life is probably more than just, you know, giving birth to a child or adopting a child or, you know, getting a job or raising a puppy or whatever the case may be. It's, it's, you probably have a deeper purpose and sometimes it can be a simple purpose. Like, I mean, you can use the child for an example. Maybe it is to touch the life of the child in a certain way, you know, to touch the life of somebody you meet on the street, to offer kindness, to be a connection to, you know, just fill in the blank, whatever you think the blank may be. You know, for me, I figured out that a lot of the things that I went through and endured in my life and the struggles that I've had has now become my biggest purpose because I am able to see things now that a lot of other people can't see. Um, A lot of you know, clients and stuff that I work with now, they don't have the perfect situation. They have some messy situations and I am able to dig through their mess and find their diamond in the rough. And it sounds kind of silly saying it. I almost feel like I should break out a song like from Aladdin or something, but I won't. So you're welcome. But, you know, seriously though, I think that when we're looking for our purpose, you know, write down the things that, you know, you've been through, the things you've learned, because more often than not, I think those things that we went through are the things that kind of sharpen us, that kind of maybe soften us. I don't care whichever way you want to look at it, but it gets us to the point that we're ready to really tackle our purpose. And when we tackle our purpose, everything kind of lines up. And when everything lines up, you'll find you'll be able to make the money. You'll be able to, you know, live the life that brings you happiness and purpose. You'll be able to get to a point where even when things do go wrong, you're able to kind of wade through the mess and be like, okay, it's still fine. Because, you know, everything seems different. I don't even know how to explain it, but it just seems different, you know, and you're able to sit and make the plans that you want to make. And, you know, and I think that's why, you know, talking about demystifying money, if you didn't grow up with money, money is a mystery. Money is something that's scary. Money is something that made your parents fight, or maybe you and your spouse fight, or maybe every time that you open your bank account, you want to like puke, I don't know 
whatever. For a lot of people, if you don't have a lot of money, money is a source of stress. And I really wanted to tackle the subject of money just because of that, because it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, I get it. I've been there. Oh Lord, sweet baby Jesus. I've been there, but it doesn't have to be. And I would really love, you know, to hear some feedback from some of you all and some of the things that you would like to hear about. Um, and like I said, um, if you're listening and you want to join our you know, group or on Facebook, you're more than welcome to, we've got, we've got a couple of um, things coming up on there, but I think that, you know, my suggestion for you on the money is to ask yourself, you know, what is causing you the stress? Is it that you're not making enough money? I mean, I think we'd all like to make more money, right? I don't know anybody that's like, eh, I don't need to make any more money, except for maybe like Elon Musk or, you know, somebody like that, even though I bet he'd still say he wanted to make more money. So I don't even think that's true. But, you know, I think that, you know, that that's, could be one thing. Maybe it's figuring out how to save more money, maybe, you know, digging into your own, you know, retirement savings or learning investing or learning budgeting. Um, if you want to learn about budgeting and savings, listen to the last episode we have, um, season six, episode one with Mary Bullard. And she gave some really fun tips on saving and budgeting. Um, she's also got a great Facebook group. It's called Budgeting 101. Um, it's on Facebook, obviously, because it's a Facebook group. Da-da-da, I'll be here all week. But, um, yeah, you can join it. And she's got these cool little pages you can print out. And when you get the color and it's very therapeutic and you're saving money at the same time. So I, I suggest you go there and join that one if you're interested in all that. But, you know, I would love to hear some of the things that you are interested in learning. But until then, figure out where is your money going now? That's. That's one of the tips that I have to give. You can't make a budget or you can't make a savings plan or you can't make a your retirement plan or you can't, you know, with any, without knowing what, where is your money going right now, right now. And there's some apps out there that you can um, use. I know there's one that me and my husband use for our joint accounts. Um, and I forgot what it's called. So I'm looking right now. It is called Honeydew, D-U-E, not Honeydew, D-O. And it is, um, it's, it's like, it's a red colored app and it's got two little arrows. Um, but it is something that we use for our joint accounts. And that allows us to plan um, our joint responsibilities and our joint bills and you know, our joint savings plans and all that. But I, um, for my own personal, stuff. I really like um, using, I use NerdWallet um, just to kind of keep everything. It tells my assets, it tells, you know, anything that I owe, all that. And then also I really like to use just for my own personal, um, like planning, right? Like budgeting plans. I use Good Budget. So, you know, those are some great apps. I'll actually pop the, those into um Actually, I'll pop them into all the stuff. I'll put it on Successfully Chaotic. That way, you all can see that on there. And then I will put it in the, um, the, the group on Facebook as well. So that way, everybody has access to those. Because, you know, so some people like to just use paper. And I actually use, I have some paper stuff I use. But I love having access to the apps just because I can use them from my iPad. I can use them from my computer. I can use them from my laptop. I can use them from my phone. 
And I just like to be able to have that versatile, um, you know, app available. So, all right, well, that's all the talking that I have for you today. But um, I would love to hear from you all, though. I'm going to make a post on um, social media, and I would love it if you all would kind of give me some feedback on some of the things that you would love to hear about as far as money goes. And we're also going to be talking about um, some wellness stuff coming up really soon, because like we said, early Q1, uh, we're going to be talking about health and wealth, health and wealth, because they do go hand in hand. So until next time, I really appreciate you all listening. I would love it if you would hit subscribe. We're a small podcast and it makes a big, big difference and makes my heart very, very happy. And you can also share an episode, maybe even this episode, whatever floaties your body with someone that you think would find it valuable. I would super appreciate it. And thank you guys. Until next time. Mm-hmm.